When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Forever. and Jamie are two best friends and they love sex and the city and they couldn't help but wonder do you love it too Carrie Miranda, Samantha Charlotte Cosmos cheese so many dudes. every single dude all the dudes and we couldn't help but wonder with Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno I'm Jamie Lee and I'm Rose Cerno. And this is Couldn't, Couldn't Help, Help But Wonder. A podcast where we talk about sex in the city and how it relates to us. Hi, Jamie. Oh, my God. I cannot believe you are in New York. This is crazy. Oh, My so little fun. West Coast correspondent is... <laughs> She's here. She's Sex here. Sex and the City and is finally a show where two girls are talking about it from New York City. I know. Are you loving New York? I'm freaking loving it. When Jamie lived in L.A., which she kind of half does now. Yeah. She was always like, New York, New York. It's so much better. I miss New York. And I was always like, New York's lame. It's I dirty. Know. I hate. I was over it. And you were. then I have to say, after a bone dry, lonely year where I probably spent 22 hours a day alone in my room watching television, being in New York, where everywhere I turn, there are throngs of cool, happy young people with great style, eating, drinking, sharing, laughing, socializing. It feels like I've died and gone to heaven. Truly. I know. No, I feel like I'm living in a musical. Like, I really feel like, yeah, there's just no place like it. It's like, yeah, I just, I also love the balance of like people like work hard and play hard here. And that's like a really nice thing to remember that you can do. Like you can spend your days on your laptop and then you can like fucking go out the town. and like get a drink. Yeah. And like kind of do whatever you want. It's like, it just feels very fun in an extremely social yeah it's it's more like europe like paris or london or whatever where like everybody of all ages after work reunites at a bar to talk and chat and socialize it's very social and i i mean i hit a wall because when i got here i've i'm we missed recording last week because um I came to help my sister after giving birth and it's been a lot of family time and also my sleeping has been kind of off and then I've been socializing. So I kind of like, it's almost like if you haven't eaten for a while and then you go to a buffet and you gorge yourself, I was just like going out every night and like drinking and smoking cigarettes, which I don't do. And it's really fun, but it's, 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 it's kind of being a kid in a candy store after like the loneliness of LA to just have like, it feels like social abundance here. I agree. I mean, the drinking alone, like, 
I, I've been drinking so much more than I usually I do. drink all the time now. <laughs> I don't know drinking what's going city. on. I mean, like I do, I am, I've never cared about drinking, even in college. I was like never a big drinker. And like, I don't know. I'm like little miss, like cocktail, like, you know, mole head. You never drank whenever we, I'm not a drinker. Now I'm a drinker. I love alcohol now. And it's not, I love you being little miss cocktail. That's so cute. I'm kind of little miss cocktail. Like I learned (laughs) what bitters are like, I'm really living it up. Are you adding bitters to, to your drink? The sugar. I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't. Okay. First of all, Skylar, Red (laughs) Bull vodka is not a cocktail. That is is disgusting. I've never had Red Bull, but I feel like it tastes like a sewer. Back down Rose because it is my signature drink. I openly wanted to throw Jamie a little under the bus because I find the drink so funny. It is, Wait, the it fact is that Jamie drink. just told me to back down yeah. off of, <laughs> off of <laughs> Red Bull is like maybe okay, the first best of all, thing we've okay, ever talked first about. First of all, it's not just Red Bull, it's sugar-free Red Bull because I'm it's healthy. healthy. Yeah. It's the salad of drinks. Oh so, my God, Jamie. Anyways, but I love it because it like pumps you up, but also brings you down. Like, it's just like a mood stable. Jamie, <laughs> are you like a 22-year-old PR student in Murray Hill right now? Like, who are you? Okay, but I want to be clear. When I'm in New York, I am not going. This is a different Jamie. It's like Clark Gable and Superman. (laughs) Jamie in LA is a workaholic who doesn't socialize much unless it's like work related. Right. In New York, York, Jamie, and she's she's sober. In New York, Jamie's like a fun party girl who works hard and plays hard, puts that on her bio, work hard, play hard. And she's fun. She's Little Miss Cocktail and she's a Red Bull Princessa. Okay. A Red Bull Princessa <laughs> is going to be my new bio. It's definitely going to be merchandise. Red Bull Princessa is my favorite thing in the world. But no, I just want to be clear though. Like just for clear a second, up, clear I just want to set the record straight that when I'm in New York, I am not going to fancy schmancy cocktail bars and ordering a Red Bull vodka. Red Bull vodka is like what you do when like, it it's net, like you have to accomplish something. That's what you specific. do before you go to like a circuit warehouse party to dance for like seven hours. Rebel vodka is such a genius drink. I've never felt better. I've never felt funnier, smarter, quicker. <laughs> cut, to me hanging, cut to me hanging out with Jamie on Red Bull and she's just like drooling and like her nipples out. And she's like, I've never been funnier. I'm like, I guess. But it's like the pill from Limitless for Jamie. <laughs> it is. It is. I love Rebel vodka, but I don't think to order it here because everyone's like going for the cocktail menu. I feel like you have to have something that has, you know, like crushed mint or like um those little dried orange slices that mm-hmm. really kick it up a notch something put into a drink with tongs yeah and like rose petals for no reason yeah. or like a I love all that stuff. lavender so it tastes like soap like i don't know there's something you have to yeah there's a there's a way to make alcohol classy and y'all i have <laughs> learned the ways okay i'm just saying that when jamie gets drunk off Red Bull. She's like, I'm the funniest. I'm the most beautiful. And I just cut to her like yelling at a bunch of like guy undergrads being like, I'm a catch. I'm a catch. Like, Why don't you see me? Why don't you see Tears, me? Mascara. Um, yeah. New York is a blast. I'm young. I'm fun. <laughs> They're like, I'm worried about that mom. They're like, mommy, leave us alone. <laughs> Whose mom is that? Tyler, is that your mom? <laughs> Whose drunk mom is that? Tell her to I do want to fuck her because she is hot. She is yeah. hot though. Like All I'm right. gonna say, well, she, she is a catch. Honestly, I don't know who I'm kidding. Jamie, who were you this goddamn week? 
Well, um, I guess. Wow, you know what? I feel like none of the girls on the show are ever hungover. They drink a lot, but do they ever explore hangovers? I think the Atlantic City episode, there might be a little bit of hangover with uh, with Charlotte and Carrie when they're on the boardwalk early morning, but that's like it. I that's mean, like that's like implied. That is yeah. not like yeah, explored. Yeah, yeah. Jamie, you're right, considering how they party on the show. Okay, you know who I am, though? Who? You know who I am, though? Who are I'm- you? Steve, when okay. he's working at the bar and like taking shots with um, customers because I, yeah, I've been drinking way more. And this week on a fucking Tuesday, I was hungover and I was like so emotional. I don't know. Some people don't get hangovers. I mean, what is oh, that? I, get, like? I can like, I can smell someone else's drink and get a hangover. <laughs> I feel so bad. I was, I was. Yeah, I felt terrible. I was like, felt weepy. I was upset with like everything, everyone, irritable, sad. I was just like, what is this? And like, I know that drinking culture here is such a big deal. So I'm like, you know, I'm trying. And I'm, by the way, I'm not having like a ton of drinks, but the dr- I'm such a lightweight. Also, if you have drinks with drinks. sugar, it can really make things That's a worse. It. I was going to bring that up. So I had a watermelon margarita the other night and it was like. Barbara <laughs> <laughs> style over here. Were you wearing a muumuu? Were you wearing puka shells at the time? But I was, I, I did have a watermelon. And I just want to be clear. It wasn't watermelon flavored. It wasn't like a Jolly Rancher. It was, it was like in a watermelon. Watermelon yeah. margarita on a Tuesday. Is Jamie fresh, really going for fresh it? watermelon. That sounds delicious, actually. With watermelon juice. It sounds was incredible. Fine. It was fine. But anyways, yeah, I had two of them. And I, oh my God, the next day I was just like, whatever what's the opposite of that song walking on sunshine <laughs> like just like moping and like in the literally rain. like yeah. yeah like um yeah like uh closer by nine inch nails was just like on loop in my head just like <laughs> it's also a really hot living, song actually living. it's like a wait is closer the one what's the one i wanna fuck you like an animal yeah, that's it. Okay. I think that's but a like, really amazing I song. Think, okay, that it was that, but without the lyrics, just the feeling of that song. Nine Inch Nails is hot as hell. I'm gonna say. I don't also, know what I've been saying. The point is, I'm probably still hungover because I'm not making much sense. But anyways, it was it was a really rough day. The sun was very bright. I did not appreciate it. I yeah. understand. Yeah. So I'm I'm Steve. Who are you? This week, I'm definitely a classic grade A carry, and I feel like that's gonna oh, honestly uh, every week until this podcast is done, I'm gonna be a carry because yeah. now that I'm vaxxed, now that things are opening up, I'm just like hitting the town. I'm yeah. like, literally, also, I just have to say, hmm. New York is so much easier to date. I've been, oh, I was yeah. here for two nights before I met this like amazing guy that I've already been on a bunch <gasps> of dates with. Like, Oh my God. Where did you yeah, meet him? Just like at a bar, like chatting, like uh, as it happens in New York. And he's like, he kind of reminds me of Steve. He's really handsome. Oh. Um, you'd think he's really cute, Jamie, because he's like really handsome and Jewish and kind of like hairy and, and like just sexy and Mediterranean looking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I just feel like I don't, I don't appreciate the Harry part, but yes, the rest of it. Yes. Oh, I love Harry. Okay. okay. I love a Harry chest. It's the pe- oh, chest. Sure. Of course. Yeah, girl. Yeah. Um, so, but I mean, I just met him who knows, and I'm going out with other people too, but it just like, 
and just like having drinks and like getting dressed and hitting the town. So I just feel like a classic Carrie. I'm just like really enjoying myself, really having a great time in New York and just God, I wish feeling you just myself here. I wish you would just stay here. I'm kind of looking for a sublet, honestly, in June Please and July. Stay here. I know. Help me find a sublet. Help me find somewhere to stay. Ugh, I would love that. Also, you should come to Maine if you're still here. Because I why? Where are you gonna go? I'm, I'm renting a house for a week in Maine. Oh, that sounds fun. Maybe I'll come. Yeah, come. You should come. You're gonna open up your bags and I'll be like, hi, I came. Yeah, I well, it's I'll show you. It's a really cool house. It's like right on a lake um, outside like of Portland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of trying to like figure out how to stay. I've got like places like you know, my sister's friend has an empty apartment for a week. I'm going to be there. Oh, so I'm kind of bouncing around. That's the thing. I feel like it's like, you can, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like I'm people looking like try to keep you here. I feel like LA kicks you out and LA try and New York tries to keep you. Well, right now it's such a special time because it's like, it's everything's virtual. And so like, you know, if I get in a room, I do, yeah. don't have to be in LA. So I'm I just know. trying to take advantage of it. Cause it's like the, my chosen career, our chosen career 99% of the time you have to be in LA and this is I like know. a magical once in a lifetime totally. thing. That's why I'm here. Don't. Yeah, of course. No, Rose, that's literally why I'm here because I'm like, when is this ever going to happen again? No, it's not. As soon as, as soon as the writer's rooms are in person again, we're in LA. We're back. Yeah. Yep. So that's, that's why I'm where we trying live. to just like kick it here and enjoy it because I know it's about to shift back at some point. No, you, we have to do it as much as possible. I'm trying to find a place for June. Yeah, you will. You will. Can't wait to there's, kick it with you. Oh, can't wait. Can't wait. I can't wait to like, yeah, just be your sloppy friend. You are my beautiful sloppy friend. I'm also excited to hang out with you more because uh, spoiler alert, Jamie and I are very close and I love her like a sis, but we don't hang out much No, especially the past <laughs> year. I know. Yeah. I also have to say to the listeners, thank you guys. I'm sorry. Um, not recording last week was my fault. Um, there's just been family stuff and everything's fine and everything's going to be okay. It's just priorities. And Jamie and Skylar were very sweet and flexible. So sorry listeners that you didn't get an episode last week. Oh yeah. Sorry, but also we get it. Also life, family, also life. family numero uno. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously. And six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than, Hey, <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Okay, well, you know what? Today is a, today is a very special day because we are going to be finishing up, <gasps> finally. One movie. <laughs> well, actually, we have only have two or three more parts to um, the Sex and the City movie. No, today is part three. Today is the last part of one eleven. Part one of the last seven parts. But anyways, um, no, part three, the third and final part of Sex and the City, the movie. That's what we're talking about today. So strap in because shit's about to get steamy. Rose, kick us off. Wait, James, now that you're back in New York and you're yeah. living there, are you doing stand up all the time? Like, is that part of your no. life now? Mm -mm. I kind Don't of leave stand up at the door. Just be a writer and actress. I know that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. It's not, it's, I don't feel, I mean, it's so tempting. Everyone does. Like, yeah. I know. I, I used to really frown upon it. I was like, that's so sad. And now I'm kind of like, no, it's not. It's having all like growing up. You're going to have kids at some point. I mean, like, well, it's also, I, I also really feel fulfilled from everything I'm doing and I'm busy. So I'm like, there's no part of me that's like, I'm not getting to be creative. It's like, I feel like, 
this is going to sound shitty. Get ready. No, just do it. But I feel like I'm being creative in the ways that a lot of standups wish they were being creative. Jamie, I started standup because I wanted to write for television because everyone who writes on the comedy TV show is a standup. And okay, but you were, you were legitimately very funny at standup and it is a crime that you don't do it. Thank so you. that needs to be known, but because a lot of people are not funny, but, um, <laughs> I, I feel like I, I think it's not a lifestyle though. I would want to do like a, a special at some point, but maybe like a different kind of special, like a one woman show Edinburgh thing. But I, I'm not I really feel like once a week. But the truth is, if you work during the day and you I'm have not Mark Norman, like I'm just not Mark Norman. That but is not sp- only that, Jamie, a big part of the reason why. Oh, my God, my hair is so ridiculous. No, right it's now. not. It looks cute. But like, what is this? It's like that little Snoopy, <laughs> no. that little Tweety Bird from Snoopy. <laughs> no, OK, it's not the Tweety Bird from Snoopy. <laughs> Well, all I'm saying is, Jamie, I, I mean, there's many reasons that I stopped doing stand up. But the a really big one is the way I was doing it in New York was like the Mike Lawrence way, which is like Annie Letterman way, which is like three shows a night, seven days a week, Same. no friends, no relationships. Same. I refused to date comedians. I was so lonely. And I looked around and I said, what is the dream here that I'm traveling 300 days by myself and these lonely bars? By- That's the dream. Like, I'm kind of like. And I looked around and a lot of the most popular, successful standups did not have relationships, did not have families. I and I'm like, this isn't the life that I want. And or they do have that barely. And they're think like, about the greats. Sarah then, Silverman. Yeah. Yes. Of course. Oh, no. You're right. There you are know. definitely more examples of what you're talking about. But the ones yes. who do like I think of like Tom Papa. I'm like, okay, Tom Papa is like a hard, like a stand up. Like he's really funny. He's been doing it forever, makes a good living, has a radio show with Fortune Feimster. Like he's a stand up. And I'm like, right. I'm trying to be fucking Tom Popper, or Jim Gaffigan. Like I just, I don't know. I think it's cool that people want a storyteller, a filmmaker, and a, you know, you're, you're just doing it in different ways. Yeah. I just kind of am feeling like, I don't know. I feel like I want to make the shows and like make shows and like just put myself in them that's really like all Perfect. i want to do yeah i think it makes sense i think it's great and i think and i do good. like doing stand-up i just like i had a show last night and i canceled it and i was like there's something that is keeping me from but wanting Jamie, there's a it. certain amount of work that is healthy and then a certain amount of work that's not healthy for example if you work all day from nine to five and then at night you work from seven to midnight that's not a life. That's just simply not a life. And I think you I are having that. a life for the first time in a really long yes, time. That's true. And I that's think that's true. making you happier than I've seen you in a really long time. Yeah. And I think true. that that is fulfilling the maybe in times where you weren't as happy working all day and all night was that's really right. that's distracting right. and busy. That's and, right. Okay. At least I that's have right. this. That's right. You don't need that's, that anymore. That is right. I, yeah, that is true. I think a lot of it has to do with feeling fulfilled and not. There you go. I'm not like clawing at anything. I, I mean, I'm still clawing, but because I'm not like there's you never like stop trying. Yeah, you're ambitious, but you're yeah. not escaping your life. No, I'm not escaping my life. That's right. I think that's right. So. All right. Okay. Well, that was great. Okay. And gotta go. <laughs> just kidding. OK, let's do this. I hope you enjoyed the recap next week. <laughs> okay. I'm also not going to talk about the show. I'm okay. just going to say okay. this right now because you guys might think, oh, we're talking too much, whatever. But I think the people that listen to this show. Hi. Love you guys. I think. They are our friends and attached to us. So I think they like these conversations. Yeah. That's what I see in the comments. Everyone's like, just happy to hear us. Chit to the chat. Okay. Chit to the chat. Chit to the chittle chat. Okay. So guys, the actual Sex and City movie. (laughs) (laughs) 
the fine. But actually, you guys, listen, all the shit we're talking about, it's the same shit that those girls deal with. Come on. There we go. So the final part of the Sex and the City movie opens after Carrie and Miranda's drugstore hang with Carrie making a change. She dyes her hair brown. It's so dramatic. Louise doesn't even recognize her when she brings Carrie a phone to replace the one she threw into the ocean. Carrie is now officially a 347 area code, which she doesn't love. Carrie calls Samantha, who's deep into ogling her horned up neighbor. The guy Mm -hmm. sleeps with so many different people. He kind of reminds Samantha of, well, Samantha. And I just have to say something quickly about um, about Sarah Jessica Parker's hair, because I have to say, as like a longtime lifelong brunette who has never dyed my hair blonde and never will. um, I think Carrie looks so much better blonde. And I'm not sure this was the discussion Jamie and I were having was I'm not sure if they purposely chose a shade of brown that honestly kind of made her look older and less vibrant and fun. Because I wonder if there's like a beautiful shade that they specifically didn't do because they wanted to show that this is like depressed Carrie or that's possible or because like the truth is Sarah Jessica Parker is naturally a brunette and I'm even myself like there's different shades that make me look way more stunning than others and so i'm just wondering if that was a choice where they're like you know what? if we go kind of dark and severe it'll show that she's kind of depressed whereas if we do i think look that's a good assessment because yeah. it's a very it's a very kind of like serious like chest not chestnut it's very super yeah, dark it's, it's just a very dark brown and it is very severe. There's no highlights. Like, I think it is. That's what I'm saying. I think she is going through a, a period where she's just like not her effervescent self. And I think that the hair reflects that. I do, too. And I think that um, I'm just saying I think she looks so much better as a blonde. But I just want to make it known that I feel like there's a gorgeous brunette shade out there that would make her look stunning. Well, but we've it's not seen the it. Shade. She's, she's had it before. Like, they, they've had her hair darker on the show before. But usually. That. They usually like do balayage it with some like little like blondish pieces just to like give it some volume and depth. Um, I think the fact anytime anyone I think going when your hair's really long and it's just like one shade and that shade is like very obviously a shade of hair dye. I think that's what it is. It looks like hair dye. It's not like, oh, this is a shade of brown that like really exists in nature. It's a shade of brown that looks like shoe polish. And I think that that is also contributing to the severity of the look. I agree. So I'm really glad that we. Um, that was just said, an emergency conversation. Yeah, no, it was. That. And I, I, I'm really glad that we flagged that. I think it was important. I would be remiss <laughs> if we just. Exactly. Right over it. No, we can't. We cannot. Okay. So Samantha spots her hot neighbor again later, peeling off his wetsuit. It is so hot. She heads to Beverly Hills to blow off steam shopping, where she comes across a dog adoption because they have lots of those in Beverly Hills. On Rodeo Drive. You can't. On Rodeo Drive. They really care about those fosters. Yeah. yeah. Um, when one of the dogs starts humping another dog, Samantha sees. The dog is a kind of kindred spirit and adopts her or buys her. It, it's a it's a Yorkie. I mean, oh, there's she buys her. Give me a fucking break. Yeah, she's a it's a Yorkie. Samantha's not like there no, it's not a, there's a, it's not a rescue Yorkie. It's just a your a breeder dog it's Yorkie. A classic anyway. Rodeo Drive Street Yorkie. And exactly a street <laughs> Yorkie. There's Wait, a street Yorkie. Such a thing. Funniest thing I've a ever heard. Yorkie oh, is this street Yorkie. Yorkie? 
Oh, yeah, this is a, this is a classic um, poor thing suffered in the alley behind Chanel. <laughs> like, what? I'll, I'll tell you what a street Yorkie is. There were these people walking uh, their Yorkie, and I really just didn't think they deserved it. So I grabbed my street Yorkie. I actually love the storyline that Samantha has a dog because I'm more into dogs than anything else, and so. Sure. Anytime someone gets a tiny Q dog, I think it's a joyous occasion. Yeah, agreed. Um, okay. So back in New York, Louise and Carrie keep unpacking Carrie's apartment. It's going all right until Carrie opens the wrong box. Oh, no, here we go. Wedding dress. Louise asks Carrie if she wants to get rid of it, but Carrie says no. She'll just shove it deep into her closet. Afterwards, Carrie invites Louise out for a drink. At the bar, they bond over exes they can't shake before Louise takes off to meet a guy she swears isn't booty calling her. The next day, Carrie and Charlotte catch up for furniture shopping for Carrie's apartment. As they browse, Carrie says Harry called her. Carrie says Harry called her. Oh, God. Okay, I'm, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's circuiting. I'm sure it's circuiting. Charlotte stopped going for her daily jogs in the park and he's worried. Charlotte comes out with it. Everything's been going so well for her. She doesn't want to jinx things. Carrie reminds her that she shit herself and that does it. Charlotte decides to go for a run again. It's so funny that reminding her that she shit her pants was like, you're right. I'm empowered. I should go running. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just like a really great pep talk about that. I know. And Carrie has another catch up with Louise before Louise heads home to St. Louis for the holidays. Carrie asks Louise to reject every single party invitation so that Carrie can kind of hide at home and keep sulking. She's kind of in this very agoraphobic mood where she can't really face people because she's so ashamed. But she and Louise do have a nice time exchanging gifts. Louise got Carrie a copy of Meet Me in St. Louis, which I've never seen, but I should definitely watch it because it keeps coming up in the show. I guess it's a rom-com. And Carrie got Louise her very own Louis Vuitton handbag. There's so much alliteration in this thing. It's Louise St. Louis, Louis Vuitton. It's too much. It's I'm a like, Louis what themed up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's it's also just, it's in the movie. It's like, it's what? It's all over the movie, yeah. What is that? Okay, um, okay. over at Miranda's, she preps Brady for New Year's Eve with Steve. When Brady takes off to grab a toy, Steve apologizes again for fucking that woman and he invites Miranda to dinner. She says no. Carrie, meanwhile, watches Louise's movie and eats ramen before giving up and trying to sleep. Unfortunately, she gets woken up by a call from Miranda, who can't believe she is alone on New Year's. Carrie tries to sleep again, but she cannot. So she gets stressed and she heads out. Which is so sweet. I mean, I have to say, as somebody who relies on friends as family, a lot of times, I mean, I also have a really great family. Um, I love moments like that. Me too. What follows is another montage of Big eating alone at a restaurant. Louise seeing the guy who broke up with her in St. Louis, Samantha and Smith making out, and Anthony and Stanford sharing a New Year's kiss. WTF? All building to Carrie showing up at Miranda's. Also, we can't just skim over this. It's really like... I've said it once. I've said it twice. I've said it a million times. Carrie showing up at the doorstep of Miranda, who's alone and heartbroken. That is the romance of the show. I would even say that Carrie and Miranda are like the real love story of the show. Yes. Also, just a quick just a quick thing. I I am not very clear on why Louise's man who she ends up like getting engaged to is kind of a shithead. Like, what was that plot? 
point. Like, well, what happened originally? Did he break up with her? He breaks up with her. And then at the end, I mean, I'm fine to skip ahead because it's not. Yeah, I'm talking about it. Yeah, it's yeah. not major. But like, it's busy. she's like, Carrie, he proposed. And Carrie's like, that's great. Young love. And I'm like, but he dumped her earlier. Like, yeah. it just sounds like big, which I don't know if that was intentional, but I'm like, you could have easily just been like, oh, like I met someone else. You know, we yeah, yeah. Zumba classes. Yeah. Or you could just not have him be a shithead and just be like, ah, yeah, I, I you know, I broke up because I've been afraid of commitment and I worried I need I had more in my life to do before I get, you know, it could be a sweet story. It's so strange that it's like he broke up with me and then now we're engaged. You're like, I, yeah, OK, I, I a thousand percent agree. I think that Louise, um, I think that she's a pretty rough character, but Jennifer Hudson like does as much as she can with her because like she does she's like, definitely doing it she can because she, she also like her character is she came to new york to like pursue this like fashion thing and then she ends up going back to the guy she broke up with and moving out of the city like and that's the victory for the character it's like kind of rough like I, I jennifer hudson very good i think louise the character kind of rough no i think louise is like a, a, is it yeah it's it's a it's a messy care i don't understand it's, it's i think she's supposed to be carrie like a mirror to carrie right like how so, carrie was do you think maybe they made that like as almost like a um like a foreshadowing of what's to come it's like oh he dicked her over and now they're engaged like well i feel bad saying this but like i watched this movie like a thousand years ago when we first recorded the first version of this <laughs> Like yeah. six weeks ago, or I'm just joking. It's like a couple weeks ago, but I do remember that that she had an ex and they broke up. But I don't remember nothing is staying in my mind of being like, "Wow, this guy sounds horrible." It's just a breakup, right? Yeah, I don't think it's. Yeah, I don't think People it's that break he's... up and get back together, right? I guess so. Like I just I don't like it. I yeah, <laughs> I, I don't. I know that it happened. Put your foot down, Jamie. Well, I have to. Somebody has to around here because I just think I yeah, I just remember being like doesn't I would not be like I got engaged to that dude who broke my heart. I'd be like, what the fuck is going on? I don't know. I just I don't like it. Well, uh, listeners comment and DM us because let us know if you agree or disagree. Yeah. OK. OK, so. The core four catch up later for Fashion Week, where Samantha scored them front row seats. Samantha takes off to do the rounds while Charlotte presses Miranda to get back with Steve. Carrie and Big, on the other hand, she never wants to see together again. And after the show, Samantha runs into some protesters who douse her white fur coat with blood, which just makes Samantha nostalgic for New York yet again. And Carrie meets Louise's boyfriend, Will, who she got back together with after her St. Louis trip. Back at home, Carrie opens a Valentine's card from Lily and talks to Samantha in L.A., who is putting together a romantic homemade sushi dinner for Smith. And it's not going great. I love that. Um, Miranda and Carrie meet up for Valentine's dinner together later. Why would you have looked at the Vogue today of all days? Because I'm an emotional cutter. I deserve what I got. Running all over New York, believing that I'm finally getting my happy ending. You know, see, love does conquer all. You know, look at me in my one-of-a-kind wedding gown, marrying the love of my life. Would you like another bus? Yes. <laughs> and Miranda, in that article, I did not say we once. No, no, the whole article was I think and I want. It was from your point of view. Yeah, exactly, my point of view. Exactly, the whole wedding was my point of view. 
I let I let the wedding get bigger than big. I am the reason that he did not get out of the car. Hmm. Okay. I said something to Big that I shouldn't have at the rehearsal dinner. What do you mean? After Steve showed up, I was really upset. And I bumped into Big and I said that you two were crazy to get married. Here we go, here's Shiraz. <laughs> Such good. I know. With that okay, great, thanks so wine. Sorry. I was upset. Steve, I have been going over this and over this in my mind for five months. And for five months, you kept a secret like that? I tried to tell you once, but then- Once? You tried to tell me once? You should have tried to tell me every single day. I know. I was waiting for the right time. There is no right time to tell me that you ruined my marriage. It just happened. Oh my God. I wasn't thinking. Carrie, please don't go. You know what I think hurts the most? Is that you kept a secret from me. And I have never, ever kept a secret from you. Ever. SJP is such a good actress, no, it's crazy. No, I'm lying. No, For the last five crazy. months, I've been thinking that it is a huge mistake that you left Steve. <gasps> there. How does it feel? Great scene. What a scene. Sarah Jessica Parker had a really awesome movie career before she became a big television star. She's in this adorable 90s comedy called Miami Rhapsody, where she is so fucking cute. It's a great rom-com. It's a great movie. It's great. And I'm listening to this scene and I'm like, wow, did people just really pigeonhole her as a TV actress after this? Because she could do anything. She should have been Meg Ryan in like every movie. She's amazing. I know she's just... She's so dynamic and like she really can pull off like such a range. It's really amazing. What do you think about this uh, scene? I, I think that I mean, I think that, OK, look, it does suck to have your friend tell someone you're crazy to get married. But like to think that Big's entire like way yeah. of thinking and the, the like their relationship fallout like to think that would hinge on Miranda making some flippant comment off of being upset that logic is not there for me I don't get that yeah it does suck because it's like oh man like well I've been going over this whole relationship in my head so much like that's just a new thing for me to think about you know like I'll just add that to the pile of like spiral thoughts that I have that like oh maybe it's what Miranda said or maybe it's me or maybe it's him or maybe it's all of it like yeah I, other than that though I mean I guess my point is I don't I don't think that this makes sense as a plot point um I, I think it can lead to an argument and I thought that it was a well-written argument but I do think that it is it's just irrational to think that a comment like that would actually the line where she says that you're responsible for ruining my marriage, that um, that feels insane. But also, if the point of the scene is to show how wounded Carrie is, that she would actually say something that irrational, then it's good. You know, like maybe she's so fucking hurt that like she wants to 
believe that. Like she wants to scapegoat Miranda because it's easier than facing that. Like everything with big is just like years and years and years of like emotional hardship, you know? So I'm not sure what the point of the scene was a hundred percent. Um, but it was well acted regardless. What do you you think? I love your analysis and I completely agree with you. Like when you hear it and she says, you ruined my marriage to me, that's like, isn't it Valentine's day that they're having dinner? Okay. So let's just like, it's Valentine's day. You are, you are left at the altar. You're alone and all of your friends are married and all your friends are coupled and everyone's happy. And then your friend just told you something that really hurt your feelings. So you're just going to say whatever, you know, you're just she's just like unleashing and unloading. And I, I think it's like we all say things when we're upset that aren't true. For example, of, of course, Miranda didn't, you know. I could tell. Um, I could tell uh, Skylar, you know, you and Kristen should break up and obviously he'd be like, no. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like. You know, right. I, That's and I don't my think point. that if Chris is listening, you should stay together. I love you guys as a couple. But um, I, and I agree with you completely. What I do think when you ask about the point of the scene, I think the point of the scene is. And I we've talked about it before in previous uh, analyses of this movie. There's something very clever that happens in the movie, which is that. Miranda and Carrie are deluding themselves and they're blaming their partners for everything, whereas they are part of the problem and they're just both in denial. And so I think the point of this scene is both of them kind of having a moment of, of listen, I'm your friend. So of course I'm going to say, Oh babe, that's so hard. He sucks. But this is a moment of like, stop it. Yeah. It takes two to tango. You're part of this. Like, you know, and I think almost the entire part of this scene is Carrie telling Miranda what she really thinks about her and Steve. it's also back to the drinking conversation earlier because it, it it almost goes unremarked on. They're a full bottle of wine in too, so it's like it's raw yeah. nerve stuff, and they're, they're they've drunk. been drinking. So I think that like you, they're at a point where they can say harsher stuff to each other than they might in other circumstances. So okay. I I agree with you on the plot point. I don't think it really makes a whole lot of sense, but I think in terms of like the emotional grounding, it's it's it works. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's a good point. I also feel that um, I think in, in a in a real close friendship, you know, when your friends are hurting, of course you want to be there and loving. But if they're part of the problem, it's it sucks. But you do have to tell them. It's like if you really mm-hmm. care about somebody, you can't just let them wallow in self pity when they're making self sabotaging choices. You also have to say at some point, I know you're hurt, but I don't think it was all his fault. Or like, you know, right. So this is a this is the real talk moment. And like a lot of people in real life who are totally scared to have real talk with friends, lovers and family. Most people do it when they're drunk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Truth juice. It's truth juice. Truth juice. (laughs) Blending it up. So over in L.A., Samantha goes through with her naked sushi plan for Smith only for the phone to ring once she's covered in sushi and cannot get up. It's Smith on the phone. His shoot is running late. Samantha, frustrated, gets off the table to check in on her hot neighbor again, who it turns out is having the elaborate night of sex she wanted. When Smith finally does show up, Samantha pelts him with her sushi and storms off. Also, because that description sounds like Samantha's being irrational, I thought Smith was extremely rude and was like, what's the big deal? Who cares? It's like, it's Valentine's Day and she literally made this elaborate thing and 
there was no like, oh, I'm really sorry. That's horrible. Why don't I? It was just like, what? Like, which is, I thought, unacceptable. Yeah, I also think, ugh, whatever, this is such a conversation what? for like another day. But I also am in a place where I think this scene is kind of representative of how I feel about being a straight person in general. It is so hard not to conflate the privilege that men have with feeling specifically angry at your partner. Like, That's interesting. I, I find it. I find it. I've noticed it like looking back at most of my relationships. I'm like, I'm always like irritated with little, something. They yeah. Do. Sometimes, yeah. It's like, like, even when they don't really do something that bad, I like extrapolate it and make it this bigger thing. And I'm like, I think some of that is just like inherent, like resentment of the patriarchy. And I think it is, I think it's hard to be a straight person, even when your partner is an ally doing all the things he can do, all the things there for you, you know, building you up, all the things. It's like, I think that, you know, I've noticed a lot of women are just kind of like always like annoyed with their man. Like, even if they love them, they, I feel like you hear that a lot. Like mm-hmm. I don't hear men as much being like, Oh, my partner really annoyed me. It's usually like women are always like nitpicky and I wonder if some of that comes from the fact that we're just a little like you guys better fucking bring it because we bring it so hard for you, like all the time, like dressing up, looking cute, spending money on makeup, spending money on you don't spend as much money as we do. You don't have to like it's just like there is just something that is inherently hard about being straight. I know that's a crazy thing to say because that is it's an insane thing to say, because obviously there's the heteronormative lifestyle is accepted and that makes it easier inherently, but there is a curse to being straight as well. And I think that is it. It's interesting that you say that because her storyline is a lot about her losing herself in a man. Exactly. Being like his support. It's also really interesting because we're talking about New York a lot right now. And like Samantha's so lonely out there in LA. And I think it's really interesting that the city of LA also is really hard for her. Yeah. Yeah. I hope I don't, well, whatever. I was about to be like, I hope I don't sound like I'm so sick of apologizing for what I think. I, I stand don't, by don't it. apologize. That's- you didn't say anything wrong. Also, okay. you know what? Here's the thing I think that's really tricky. And I feel it during a podcast too, because we're just talking off the cuff and being ourselves. And it's such a crazy time where it feels like everything is, feels like everything is a landmine, like making a single statement is so scary, but you didn't say anything I think crazy. also though, I think you have to come at it from a place of like, yeah, I stand by it. That's how I felt at the time. I think that's all you can do. As long as you're not being like flagrantly insensitive. No. And as long as you're not being a shithead and stuff and telling right. people not to get exactly. vaccinated on your podcast, that is mostly privileged white guys. Exactly. <laughs> oh, please. So back in New York, Miranda really puts in the work to make up with Carrie. She sends flowers and calls, but Carrie is not having it. So Miranda finally just shows up at her place in a cab. They talk and Miranda agrees to see Steve again. They try counseling together, which while intense is productive. Miranda catches up with Carrie afterwards to discuss her and Steve's plan. They're going to separate for a bit, then meet again to see if being back together feels right. They've even chosen a spot for it, the middle of the Brooklyn Bridge. This is maybe the most romantic mm. moment in any film or mm. television. I show think about of this. Time. I think about this scene all the time. I think it is so, even if 
people like hadn't seen the movie, I think everyone needs to see this scene and like, obviously the, the, have the context for it. So they know what they're saying. But I, I think the scene is so important because I think that these, the feelings of, Oh no, what happened? What happened? I cut out. No, no, no. Sorry. I, that was me like (laughs) reacting. uh, Cause I'm the, I I don't like this scene. (laughs) Oh, okay. No, I want to hear that. I want to hear that. I love that. Please. I mean, we, that's like what this <laughs> that whole thing funny, Skylar. You were just like, oh no. <laughs> oh, I, I love it. I love it because, well, I'll just say my piece and I want to hear what you think, Sky, because I think that's interesting because Rose and I love this scene. But I, I, I love it because I think that it is um, a thing that a lot of couples come up against. I don't think every couple cheats on each other. That's not what I'm saying. But like just that active choice to like move forward or like, you can't, you have too much resentment. I, I just think that's like very cool to explore in a show where, um, you know, I think there's just a lot of like being single and fabulous. Like, I think it's cool to just play out like what happens when you have this person who's your person, but you guys like become distant and like, how do you move on from that? I just like totally. the way it, it sort of encapsulates that and in a very clear way with like a really fun visual being the Brooklyn bridge. Anyways, I want to hear what you have to say, Sky. Well, um, while I totally, the thing is, I like, I like the scene itself. I think that the, the big cathartic, uh, Miranda and Steve meeting back together is very sweet and well staged. I think the setup and run up to it is just a little absurd. It's just like a what? little, like. well, it's just a little underplayed where it's like, it very much feels manufactured for that moment where it's oh, like, I see. Yeah, where it just feels like we need a- like you don't think the therapist would actually give that advice. Is that what you're saying? Well, that or or like why the Brooklyn Bridge? Like why it's like why the Brooklyn Bridge is because it's an iconic New York landmark, not necessarily because it's like Steve and Miranda have some major attachment saying, to the center of the Brooklyn Bridge. I just Skylar, feel like it's like I have to say this makes me worried that you're not romantic enough. No, I the know, thing is, the thing is, is I so romantic. I mean, I'm fucking telling you. In my whole life, I don't think anyone will ever do anything as romantic to me as saying, if we love each other and we want to make this work, meet me. Oh, I'm going to start crying. I'm definitely hungover. I'm going to start crying. Yeah. I, well, no, that's I mean, the thing where I'm like, it's actually I'm like, giving me ideas. It's giving me ideas for dates. I'm just thinking while I'm in New York, I'm going to tell somebody, let's meet up in the middle of the Williamsburg Bridge. How romantic. Mm, mm. How fucking romantic, not great. Skylar. There's not great cell phone service there, though, so I would maybe choose a different bridge. Just want to fly. Oh, my God, that. Jamie, don't. I know. I don't mean to piss on it, but it is something you should consider because if you're trying to find him, you might not be able to send him a text. Just bring a little smoke signal. It's like I it's not unlike like the end of Sleepless where where we Did really you just go need- Sleepless in Seattle. Sleepless. Y- yeah, sorry. <laughs> I look. I'm saving time. Wow, you're I got real, places to you're be. You're a real rom-com. Oh, yeah. I fucking love like, him. It's like I <laughs> I love Sleepless in Seattle. I think it's like I think you're like it's are like very, at the end of SIS. Yeah. You're like, wait, what's SIS? Yeah. You're That'd like, be awesome. Yeah. Like, oh, Sleepless in Seattle, definitely. I th- yeah, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. I think people are very rude to that movie, and it it annoys me because I, I I hate that movie. Uh, oh, I really like it. I but, hate um, it because people get very. <laughs> People get very it. mad at uh, Meg Ryan for like going across the country and being soccer or whatever. But it, that's a movie where it's like the manufactured elements of it really work for me. But they also like get it. mad at the like, we need to meet at the top of the Empire State Building. And th- I get I get, again, like this sort of visual cinematic reasoning to like stage somebody there. But it is not something that like 
most human beings do and steve and miranda are like some of the most grounded of the characters in that way where mm-hmm. it's like i could see this being a charlotte and harry thing i, I it just bumps me for steve and miranda to do this particular thing here's the thing everyone's opinion yeah, is valid everyone's opinion is valid we're just analyzing that in this case you're absolutely <laughs> wrong and like That's you could okay. go to jail it, for that opinion yeah it's okay in the middle yeah, of this I, podcast I, I'm hiring somebody to take a cane and like, I'm just a cane is yeah, going to yeah, come just... and remove Skylar. Okay. Okay. That is true. Sky, you are canceled. But, um, <laughs> but before we cancel you officially, I want, I just want to say, I think having lived in Brooklyn fairly close to that bridge, I, I don't know why that bridge has been slightly normalized in my head to where it's not so landmarky. Hashtag normalize the bridge. Like, yeah, hashtag normalize the bridge. No, but I mean, like, I've been on that bridge so many times, just like walking and like not even yeah. like taking in the sights, like literally just like being on my phone because it's a functional ass bridge that like really does like get you into the city if you need yeah. to like go on foot or on bike. So I, I wonder, like, it, it is interesting because it's like it is just gimmicky enough while not being completely like yeah while not being completely also i think that the romantic element of it is baked into the decision because it is it's already romantic so why be like let's meet in front of uh the poke bowl place on 23rd <laughs> i'm more into the poke bowl place i like the it's like let's go to our special you poke guys, bowl place i have to flag something this is not a real conversation. It is no doubt romantic what they do. The fact it that is, we're like that's what, wondering if I'm, it is, it is. Wait, Rose, I'm agreeing and I'm saying, what I'm saying though is that I don't think it's fake to pick somewhere romantic because if you're showing no. up for each other, you're it not, romantic. again, you're not, not going to be like, meet me on like a Columbus circle, like in front of the a Trump boys. hotel. Like, you know what I mean? I yeah, exactly. The thing is, I don't not find it romantic. I think it's romantic. I think it's just very forced and, and, contrived you don't, for you know, the yes. moment like i can feel the legwork to make it all happen but you know what skylar sometimes planning is part of romance <laughs> that's the thing it's like I oh, know, my god, somebody, oh, oh my god i'm like sweating so i'm just saying sky. <laughs> <laughs> but like the, the thing about forced some, like okay if if somebody if if your partner was like I got us a beautiful hotel in this gorgeous place. They got rose petals mm-hmm. and champagne. That's forced. That's it's also wonderful. So, oh, no, it so. works. It works. All of it works. Yeah, planning is part of romance. Unfortunately, all of the cliches work on me very well. Like Chocolate flowers, check and check. If someone said, you complete me, I wouldn't even go, that's a quote from Jerry Maguire. I'd be like, I do? Like, be I'd be like, I just yeah. came three I'd times. I'd be like, I literally just came three times. I'm not I, even Whereas I would say, like, quote. that's Jerry Maguire. Please talk to me like we talk. Right. <laughs> like, if somebody said that to me, I would be like, goop is not just a blog. It's also in my pants. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not just a great so chapstick. I've heard, that bad I joke I've heard the chapstick is Oh, no, no. I, hey, goop. Here's yeah. the thing, Skylar. What is romance if you don't feel it? It's not just a blog. It's also in my pants. Thank you, Jamie. Sorry. We just need to take a moment. We can't just pretend like that didn't happen. It's more like oh my God. if we're being honest. We have to add it's it. also so funny to call Goop a blog. It's like literally a media empire. It's like <laughs> a multi-billion blog. It's like you're treating it like it's a it's WordPress. So cute what they do over yeah, there. Yeah, do you guys know that Substack? <laughs> that group? Tumblr. You know that to that that pretty successful Tumblr <laughs> that got adapted into like a pretty talked about Netflix series. You know that. Do you guys know that My Live Journal Goop? 
Um, okay, well, the, what we've learned now Are we is ever we're going to finish this episode. I'm Wait, guys, I'm sorry. Should this be four parts? <laughs> yes, it should. Guys, I'm just saying one thing. I'm starting a GoFundMe for Kristen's romantic campaign so that we can have somebody teach. We're, I'm going to hire a romance counselor. We're going to get uh, rose Skylar. petals donated from all of the florists all over the world. Yeah, so Skylar, to have romance on the band. You know what, Skylar, you're a Miranda because you're like, you think what's romantic is like eating a hoagie and just like burping in the oh, lap of each other. To be, oh, to be at the bodega with my with my girl. <laughs> you guys, I think it should be four parts. I do think that's funny that we keep delaying finishing. That's funny. Yeah, I mean it is funny. I kind of like who's who's writing the rules here? Us guys. That's last true. time I checked, we are the emperors of our own um, life. Yeah, the last time I drank a Red Bull vodka. Red are you Bull drinking vodka, Jamie, a Red Bull vodka now, Jamie? You are amazing today. No, but I am like jonesing for one. I just want to say, I feel like the way that we've treated this movie is very much like <laughs> makes mine and Jamie's case where it's like, this is TV, this movie. Like, like this is it like is. so much. Oh my God, so, you're so right, It's guys. a whole season of the show. That's the thing. Like, that's you're very much my right. feeling. That is so true. The reason, well, I mean, we're also like, whatever having you know barrels of laughs over here so we're not like in any rush but <laughs> at the same time laughs. there really is so much to cover yes. yeah barrels yeah. i said it so i don't understand also this podcast is all about tangents and lulls and like so things will take as long as it takes okay okay yeah nobody's listening yeah. Hey, to this podcast in a rush to get to the end all of our comments are <laughs> <I should laughs> say nobody's listening to this podcast oh no no one's are. listening and i've got the receipts <laughs> to prove it guys Okay, we just, I just want to like, I just want to stop down and say, I love that I promised at the top, and that is not getting cut out. I love that at the top of this episode, we promised that we were finishing (laughs) the Sex in the City movie, this episode of this podcast. And I am thrilled, thrilled to say that was a complete lie. We are not done and we will not rush to finish. Guys, I'm here to say that I think this is one of our funniest apps. I love this episode. Oh my god, going after Skylar not being romantic is so funny. I look. I've been accused of not being romantic in my life, so it's not. Yes, so this is very legitimate. We're just getting to unpeel the layers of you. I feel like the first thirty-five minutes of uh, learning about Jamie's identity as a Red Bull hoe was incredible. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so what are you horny for, James? Oh God. Okay. What? Okay. So yes, well, we'll close it out officially. Sex in the city is obviously a very horny show. So we end each episode by sharing what we are currently horny for. Okay. Um, that said, I am horny for, um, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to say I'm horny for my partnership with Skylar Hanrath because we have gotten very, we've been, we've been, I mean, we, we we have, we've been busy over the years, but like we really got very busy recently in sort of like a new fun way where we're trying to like work on multiple things at one time and like really like collaborating to figure out the best way to make all of it happen without one of us feeling like insanely spread thin. So yeah, it's just like really fun to like see us like working together to like build whatever it is we're building. I agree. And I love doing it. It's very fortunate. And I, it's also so fun. And I think the stuff is It is fun. Are yeah. we having fun? I feel like we're having fun. You guys have such an awesome relationship. <laughs> the worst boss <laughs> ever. <laughs> You're having fun, right, Sky? Like you would tell me if we're having fun. Third wheel to this work marriage. He's like, there's like a gun under the 
table. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, what's psycho about Skylar that honestly it like pisses me off because it's actually crazy is that Skylar is such a good assistant, but he's he's too good to reduce to just being an assistant. So he knows this, but like I'm he's really development working. partner. He has to be, yeah, we have to like bump Skylar up because like there's more there. And it's just, I feel very fortunate because it's like, oh, he also is like an amazing assistant, which by the way is I was a fucking terrible assistant. And I just really respect people who can like juggle schedules and like deal with admin tasks in like a very calm way. And that is not me at all. And yeah, but that's not even, that's just like a bonus because that's not even like what he does best. No, he's a creative so it's partner. Like added. Exactly. It's amazing. Here's the thing. My dad always said, no matter what job you ever have, whether it's sweeping the floors or something, you know, being a CEO, you have to do it amazingly well. And that's what Skylar yeah. does. And that's why he's coming up. It is. And I did not do that. I was like, not the person who's like, if you get coffee, be the best coffee getter there is. Well, I was don't like, say I don't that want because you're really successful. So you don't want people to do yeah. what you do. Well, it's all also like, yeah, maybe. I like, I remember like in, in like college and high school, when I was like, like, what do I want to do professionally or whatever? I I remember I had like this like you're like work kind with of Jamie Lee. Well, no, I had this I had this like vague goal that was like I know that ultimately what I want to do is I want to write and I want to work with other writers, and that was like I thought Aww. at the time like a good answer to that question. Aww, and then like, like there was a period where I was like, that's a little too vague. But now I'm like, that's what I get to do, and I feel so fortunate to like get to do it with people like you all like you're all such like tremendously talented people and it's like mm, that it fest. turns out the vagary was I love, our little and I love our fest i love everyone on this pod because not only are they so talented but also i love them i know it's pretty rare it's rare to like respect people's talents and abilities and then also be like also just a great ass person you're a great anyway. ass dude hate to tell you yeah that was a great ass dude wait Rose, what are you horny for? I think I'm horny for being in NYC right now and taking advantage of the okay. virtual life and just like hitting the streets. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. You listeners, you didn't see, but she raised her arms when she said that. And it was sexy. She threw up. Yeah. Okay, guys. Well, um, you know, we're I'm actually not going to say when we're gonna finish this movie because I think TBD. that it may never end. Let's this might be the TBD. new podcast. This honestly might just be the, oh my God, if we stayed on this movie for a two like years, two that would years. be the funniest thing in the world. That is so funny. Even if it was one year this, and then the next year is two, you know, yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. Or what if the first um, year is this, and then the second year is like recapping our recaps of like, how did that feel to you guys? <laughs> Were we good there? That I don't know. So Oh my God. I love that as an idea. It's so funny. Recapping what the last year was like, yeah. Like, did you feel like we had good analysis? Yeah. What were your favorite moments? Like, do you still feel the same way about Miranda and Steve on the bridge? (laughs) I I, I will. Yeah, I think you will too. Okay. Love you guys. We'll talk to you next week. I love you too. Bye. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chbwpod and follow my co-host Rose Cerno on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host Jamie at Really Jamie Lee on Instagram and at The Jamie Lee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app if you're nasty. It helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. You're nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever. Dog.
This has been a Forever Dog production, executive produced by Joe Cilio, Alex Ramsey, and Brett Boehm. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.